I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. On Memorial Day, we remember those people in the armed forces who've given their lives to defend our country. It's a meaningful day for anyone who served in the military. We've been speaking with a lot of veterans about what it's been like coming home from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Today, we share the story of veteran Russ Davis from Braintree, Massachusetts. I enlisted back in uh, April of 2002. I was unemployed. I had recently left a job at Bed Bath & Beyond working stock. And that's pretty much it. It just happened that, you know, I decided to sign up when I had nothing else going on. And at the time you were 23? 23, yes. Right. So nothing else going on. Uh, Going from Bed Bath & Beyond into the military seems like a big jump, almost a a leap of faith. What were you thinking? Well, not so much a leap of faith because it was something I had always planned on doing. I planned on doing it when I turned 25, regardless of what the world situation was. So it it wasn't like, you know, I just woke up one day and said, oh, well, I got nothing else to do. I'll join the military. Was it 9-11 that kind of pushed you in that direction further? Well, yeah. Yeah, 9-11 had a big part of it. And uh, like I say, I'd always planned on joining when I was 25 anyways. But, you know, since there was a war on at the time, you know, I figured now's the time to go. Yeah, now I'm needed. You seem like a a, a smart guy. You could have picked any specialty in the military, I I would assume, and yet you chose infantry, the branch of service with the highest casualty rate. Why'd you go in that direction? Well, I I chose that direction because I didn't sign up to, you know, a lot of folks sign up for college money or to learn a trade. Uh, Basically, I signed up because I wanted to fight. Uh, The way I put it is, you know, when everyone was kids, nobody played with the G.I. Joe computer repairman. And also I felt that that was, you know, where I could contribute the most and contribute the hardest. Do the thing, you know, most people don't want to do. You know, somebody's got to do it. So you served in South Korea, then two tours in Iraq with the 10th Mountain Division. Um, you wanted to fight. I guess you saw some time to fight in Iraq. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Tell me about your time there. Well, you know, good days and bad days, like any job. Uh, best part of the whole thing was, you know, it's... Some people say it's a cliche, but it's it's really not. You know, the whole band of brothers thing. You uh, you never forget the guys you serve with. Uh, and to this day, you know, they're still some of the finest people I ever knew. Uh, I wouldn't trade, you know, war, it's, well, to put it simply, it's bad. Uh, you know, it's not a good time. But at the same time, when you get out of it, you know, it's something I wouldn't trade for anything. You know, the life experience. It also really makes you uh, appreciate what you got. Mm. You were nicked a couple of times, uh, minor injuries by enemy action, but but you never filed the paperwork for a Purple Heart. Can you tell me what went through your mind and, and the, the thought process there? Well, I, I get clipped in the can, basically. What happened there was I was about a week from leaving, and I was counting ammunition for the unit that was replacing us because at that time I was performing the duty as company armor, And all of a sudden... I felt this intense pain in my backside, and I jumped up, and when I looked down, I saw this deformed little 9-millimeter hollow-point bullet laying on the ground. Turns out that some guy in the Abu Ghraib section of Baghdad fired his pistol. It came through the city, over the berm, into the base, and into my backside. It bounced off. It uh, basically, my left butt cheek... Looked like, you ever see one of those pictures of nebulas yeah, you know, right. from outer space? It looked like that for a couple <laughs> weeks. So it was just a one in a, million, one in a million shot. It hurt, but it wasn't serious. Uh, and for the next 
like four months I was in the service, I had to put up with the nickname Iron Ass because <laughs> I was the only person in Iraq with a bulletproof backside. You couldn't exactly justify a heroic act in the in the line of battle with that. No, it was just a nice ironic parting shot from Iraq right as I left. It, it sounds almost like, and I don't want to say average, but it sounds like your experience in Iraq as an infantryman was wasn't terrible, wasn't great. It was kind of average. Yeah, it was average. Yeah, a lot of guys had a lot worse than I did. Like I said, good days and bad days, everything's a matter of perspective. Russ, tell me about your homecoming. Uh, what did you imagine it would be like, and what was the reality of it? The way I imagined it was, you know, I, I didn't, and I'm sure it's like this for a lot of guys, didn't imagine like ticker tape parade or anything like that. You know, basically I was just focused on seeing my family and friends again and getting on with my life. I hadn't even really planned on what to do at that point. Just wanted to get on with my life, and it's pretty much what happened. You know, the, the only tough part is, you know, the readjustment from the military life to the civilian life. And it's just a little jarring when you get out and you see, you know, people's lives have changed, you know, all the stuff you missed. The biggest thing is, you know, you're changed. Like, for me personally, I was a lot more, you know, when I want something done, you know, I got to get it done now, da-da-da-da-da. You know, if I needed something, I'd do it myself. I'm still that way to this day. You know, I don't trust other people to get things taken care of for me. One of the big changes in your life is that you're now at uh, UMass Boston, uh, a beneficiary uh, of the GI Bill. I'm just wondering what it's like being in classrooms with students who are at least 10 years younger than you. That is probably the single most difficult part, uh, thing I've had to deal with since getting home. Yeah, what's that? Is, uh, well, problem you deal with is, you know, you go to school, the age difference really doesn't matter to me in itself. But, you know, you, you come home, you go to classes, and it seems like everyone's got an opinion on the Iraq War. And when you get into college, everybody assumes that you want to hear about it. Uh, it's one of the hot-button topics to the point where, you know, I'll be sitting in an English literature class, and for some reason the professor will feel the need to discuss his opinions of the war in Iraq or something. It's like, come on now. Just, just stop. <laughs> have you ever told a professor to, to stop? I mean, have you actually had words with a prof in the middle of the class like that? Well, generally what happens is a professor or a student will go off on a tangent and – uh I'll just quietly put my hand up and I'll put them well. You know, I was there and, you know, this is a little bit different and da-da-da-da-da. And yeah, so then after that, typically, yeah, it's like, er, you can hear the record stop and no one wants to talk <laughs> about it anymore. It becomes very uncomfortable for all involved. So it, pretty much when I get in a class where I know that that's going to be an issue, I'll try to get that over with as soon as, as soon as possible so that hopefully it'll put the reins on them for the rest of the class. And I'm not the only one I know that because there are a lot of veterans there. And I've talked to veterans who go to school, too, and a lot of them have the same issue. Very frustrating. Mm. What are you studying, Russ, and what do you hope to do with that degree? Uh, currently, I'm studying uh, social psychology. Uh, once I graduate from UMass, I'll be going on to a graduate school to study for a master's in social work with a focus on mental health because my, my goal is to work with veterans who have either PTSD adjustment issues or just in general benefits facilitation. Have you seen PTSD among uh, among your friends? Your oh, buddies? yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen plenty of it with guys I know. Uh, it's also a big issue in the veteran community at large, and that's nothing new. When you look back on your military service, Russ, what do you think of most? 
My buddies. Yeah. Because, like I, like I say, you know, you meet some of the best people you'll, you'll ever meet in your life. And, yeah, that's, that's mostly what I think of. Well, Russ Davis, thanks very much for coming in and speaking with us. Oh, thanks for having me, sir. Anytime.